I have had the most amazing interview with Jane Gretsch today. She is an absolute leader in the dance studio industry space, also in the dance space in general. Um, you know, she's very passionate about engaging, motivating and inspiring others to lead significant and fulfilled lives. That's coming from her, those words. And I can absolutely see that. Um, stepping through that interview with her. She's not only, um, you know, the proud owner of Dance Arts, which was initially the Jane Gretsch Dance Centre with over 900 students. And she intentionally downsized. Uh, we talk about that in the podcast, which is, you know, total flip side to what most studio owners are looking to do. But she intentionally downsized because she um, really goes deep into her living a life by design philosophy. Look, we're going to dive into all of that in this chat. Let me bring you the amazing Jane Gretsch. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lankuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line, to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hello and welcome, the gorgeous Jane Gretsch. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Now, look, I feel like I've actually known you forever, which is really weird because we've only really um, connected through social media, but you've created such an amazing uh, Facebook group and, and uh, platform uh, which is the collective for dance studio owners. So it's almost like I know you really well. <laughs> that's the <laughs> magic get, of it. Yeah, yeah that's the magic that of it. Yeah. Oh, look, and, you know, um, that I don't love social media as a rule, but I love that side of it. I love that, you know, um, particularly for introverts, it's a great way to connect with like-minded people and then... Um, build relationships from there and and then things like this, you know, having yeah. conversations like this or when you get to meet in real life, whenever that will be, yeah. um, it's really it's really easy then, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, you have multiple businesses. Uh, looking here, you've got your dance studio, dance arts yep. in South Australia. Um, actually, I believe you guys were recently in lockdown. Is that correct? We were uh, probably around about eight weeks ago now. So we, yeah. we're kind of as normal as things can be. We've still got restrictions and um, things like that. But, look, South Australia has been pretty lucky. Um, it has impacted us, obviously, both um, emotionally and financially. No business has been able to avoid that. Um, but uh, we we have 
we're very thankful <laughs> for, yeah. for what we have been able and to achieve. And you recently were able to actually pull off a concert in a theatre. We did. I know, wow. like a real live theatre. Yeah. Again, wasn't without its compromises and, and things like that, but uh, it came two days before World Gratitude Day and I can't tell you how grateful we were. Yeah. Um, I think for dance studio owners, being able to get your kids, you know, your students on the stage, um, like that's their grand final, really. My, I'm, I don't run a, a competition school, so performance opportunities are a little more limited. And it was very emotional for me, Joe. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, I was very tense in the lead up to it because the year prior, our performance got pulled out from underneath us four days before we were due to hit the stage. So this year I was like, all right, come on. Um, and You're so on the when home the, strip. Yeah, You're yeah, home I know, like, because I know how close you can get. Yeah. And, um, yeah, when the curtain went down at the end, I was like, yeah, good. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll breathe again now. But yeah. it was And wonderful. you were very candid about being emotional, actually. I saw that within your group, um, your Facebook yeah. group, that you did, you know, share that you shed a tear. What? What made you want to be so vulnerable in front of in front of you know a, a public audience in relation to that? What was your that's a nice question. Um, that's never really something that that I have a thought process about. Actually, it's mm-hmm. never. I've always tried to live my truth. Um, I know vulnerability, perhaps as a word, is very buzz. Thank you, Brene. Um, <laughs> I adore her, and I've and I've done her Dare to Lead course, um, Brene Brown. For those of you know who are following on and and you know being your authentic self for me I can't be bothered being anything but me Mm. um I'm getting a little bit older now and I'm I'm certainly not old but I there is something about as you grow into yourself you just give less shits about what other people think and it's yeah and it's it's wonderful and so for me um I never overthink things. What I, I'm sharing with my audience, both in my group, with my my clients, with my customers at the studio, I'm I'm always professional. But I, you know, if I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed about whatever's happening, you know, with my staff as well, I will say that. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, research shows, and definitely trial and error shows that when you are true to yourself, uh, people really resonate with that. Or yeah. they don't, and that's fine. You know, we're not for everybody, and uh, some people might watch the way I I do business or the way I am, and go, "Well, she's not for me," and that's that's okay because they're probably not for me either. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Look, if we take it right back to the beginning, what started your love affair with dance? Yeah, I I was born into dance, so I, I don't really feel like I had a choice. My mother was a dancer. She was my first dance teacher. Mm. Um, I, I don't actually remember ever not dancing, apart from a very small time when I was in Melbourne and I just finished um, doing my qualification to be a dance teacher and I'd been kind of lured into a corporate role in Melbourne and for about nine months I didn't dance and it was the worst nine months of my life (laughs) and I was like oh gosh okay that's fine but it was a really important time for me Mm. to realize that that was part of who I am and that wasn't really something I was prepared to give up 
Yeah. And, yeah, so I, I just feel like I've always danced as, you know, probably before I could walk. And it's it's very emotional for me and, and, and spiritual, actually, without sounding too woo-woo. It is definitely part of, uh, you know, a very deep part of me. It's yeah. not not something separate it's not just something that I do it's definitely part of who I am and I feel really grateful for that you know I know lots of people don't have that and I've had that all my life so <laughs> how lucky am I <laughs> yeah absolutely and that doesn't sound too woo-woo to me at all so don't worry <laughs> we love a bit of woo-woo don't we you gotta us have creative. a little bit of woo-woo absolutely <laughs> us creative types Absolutely. Um, look, from what I've read, you actually have run multiple studios. Um, I think I saw somewhere once that you had over 800 studi- students at yeah. one time. Yeah, um, we did. But you made that decision to downsize. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to talk about that because, you know, as studio owners know, uh, they're always trying to grow, right? So mm-hmm. we're just looking for more students, grow, grow, grow. That's what we're told to do. And you've actually gone and done the opposite of that. I have. So what I led have. you to that decision? Oh, gosh, there's so much there that I can share with you. So the first part of that is, yes, we had up to eight studios at one time. Not only that, my children were very little. Mm. So this is my 15th year of of being a dance studio owner. I've been a teacher for, for much longer than that. My oldest child is 15, right? So about eight years ago, I had an eight-year-old, a five-year-old and a three-year-old and my studio was massive, over 900 students, eight branches, um, basically what everybody thought was living the dream. Yeah. Um, I wasn't particularly unhappy, but what I had realised is that I drifted from my values and I'm a very values-driven person and it can happen very easily. You just kind of get caught up in this growth and, Joe, it was ego. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was proving to myself, I think, that I could do it. I'd always wanted to be a dance studio owner and I think somewhere in the back of my mind I thought I'm going to run the biggest dance studio in Adelaide and I can't tell you why. I, I thought that apart from ego or that I was trying to prove my like prove to others that I could do it. And so I did it. And that yeah. was fine. Yeah. Right? It was Pick. it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I ticked that box. But then I was like, okay, well, I've got young children. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden my work is is much more about managing people which is okay as well. I love leadership. It's it's completely an area I've grown into, but that's not what I signed up for. I signed up because I wanted to run a business that was impacting lives, yes, but also living a life by design and not having anything to look back on and regret. Yeah. So at that time, I really made a decision to, um, and I don't even know if this is a term, but I call it descale. <laughs> <laughs> like, like your coffee machine, yeah. right? I like I descaled, and I did it very slowly because I didn't I didn't want to hemorrhage. I just wanted to kind of shave bits off a little bit at a time. So I just kind of closed the worst performing branch, and I grandfathered it out like that, um, and really, really focused on my niche. Which yeah. instead of you know trying to be everything to everyone and and kind of working in a really broad way, I narrowed in on that. Um, in, in two areas, and that was preschool 
which we do very, very well. I've got a lot of experience in, but certainly as my older students have grown, I've narrowed in on the, the teenagers and that is definitely where I do my work. I don't teach preschool anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I did for 15 years. I've always got that and I loved it, but that's not my area of expertise anymore. Now the work I do is with my teenagers and creating a place for them where they can really belong. And when I mean belong, I, I don't mean just like fitting in, but actually being there who, who they are, you know, trying to encourage them earlier in life the advantages of being their authentic self. So that's a really long answer, I know. But, um, yeah, I guess it just I've, I've always tried to reject the hustle kind of mentality yeah. because it's not aligned with my values. And I, I got sucked in. I did. I did. I did. Mm. And, um, yeah, it doesn't bigger is not always better, huh? Yeah. How many <laughs> studios do you have now? How many? So you went from eight and then we've Yep. So I would say we've got 1.5 and at the end of this year, we it's taken eight years. Um, we're going to trim off that last little one. It's just a, like wow. a satellite studio at the moment and we'll just have our headquarters um, where we've got three studios on site um, and we've brought it down to around about 400 students, which for me is perfect, absolutely yeah. perfect. Um, and it is, it's trial and error because what works for me, is not necessarily going to work for other people, but I have worked out that um, that's a brilliant amount of students to run a profitable a profitable business, um, not have a huge teaching staff to manage. Yeah, I've got four in my leadership team, of which I am one, and I manage my studio on Fridays. Effectively, that's what I do. I go in every Friday, um, and. Don't know whether you can hear that, but my small dog has decided to join the podcast. That's what he does. We're just going to grin, grin through it because it's thin day, you know. Um, yeah, and so I, I do that on Fridays and it's working brilliantly for me because I get to do this kind of thing with people like you yeah, on Wednesdays. Amazing. <laughs> now, you show up in a big way. Obviously, we've talked about the Facebook group. We've talked yep. about um, you've got your... Uh, student teacher program mm. as well. You've got yep. your dance studio. Um, you're also a coach for yep. industry um, dance studio owners. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's a lot going on there. Uh, how do you motivate yourself to show up? How do you get through that? Because showing up in all, the, all of these different ways can, you know, be a yeah. lot. How be do you manage yeah. that? Look, I, I am an introvert and people, when they hear that, because I also run and I haven't because of the, the C word, but I also run Exchange, which is um, a conference for dance studio owners by dance studio owners. And that, that day is very much an extroverted day for me, you know, where I, I show up and then kind of have to be like, oh, that was a lot for a couple of days after. Um, I think the, the thing for me is just being aware that of who I am. Again, you know, going back to knowing yourself, self-awareness and going, well, if I'm going to show up, I need to put some boundaries around that to protect mm -hmm. me, which I think is an area that we fall down in as business owners a lot. And that's what I coach about a lot, what boundaries you have in place to protect you. Yeah. Um, and just acknowledging that I am an introvert, which means when I do a lot of, you know, peopling, humaning, that I, I take some time out. You know, even uh, we mentioned my performance over the weekend, two full-on days, you know, with humans. And, uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> which I loved. 
you know, yeah. uh, if you were watching, it looked like I had a good time because I did. Mm. But on Monday, I put a line through it. It's in my diary. And, uh, you know, even my best friend was like, hey, do you want to catch up? On Monday, I was like, no, I can't do any, I can't do any peopling on Monday. Um, so I just know that. And yeah. we get to do that. We are not working for other people. We don't have to follow the other, you know, the the social norms or rules about a front of five and things like that. Um, I think really it's about designing your life to, to suit your needs so that you can enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I have a lot going on, Joe, but I do not work full time. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I really have a lot of downtime. Like people look at me and like, oh wow, you must be so busy. Mm. And I'm like, uh, I, I muck around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> How many know. hours a week would you work? How many days a week are you working then? Uh, oh look, I'll work a little bit each day. Um, mm. but you know, today I'm I'm doing this with you. I've I've done some emails and I've been to the gym and later I'll go and get my kids. So, you know, it's not a not a big day. <laughs> it's yeah, not a big day. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you know, and some days are bigger than others, but I get to I get to decide that. Um, you know, and the same with my coaching clients. I could probably I've got nine private dance uh, private clients, dance studio owners that I coach on a monthly basis. Yeah, perhaps I could have twenty, but I don't want that anymore. I don't want to fall into that having to work all the time. Um, because, and I hate to sound like a broken record here, but one of my values is freedom and the freedom to choose how I spend my time. Um, and I've fallen into that. You know how I said I kind of fell into like that ego trap of growing a yes. business as big as I could? Well, a couple of years ago I realised I'd created myself a job. You know, I was at the studio mm -hmm. 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. in the office Monday to Friday, then I was teaching in the evenings, I was teaching all day Saturdays, and I was like, I, what? this is not working for me, you know. Um, so I just decided to change it. So we all yeah. have that power. And I can super <laughs> resonate with that actually because I actually do not teach anymore for my, yeah. I've got my Musical Makers Club and I don't teach anymore. Yeah. There's still work to be done. I mean, the team needs to be managed. and They, they need a leader. They mm. need a leader. There needs to be scheduling and, and things. And obviously the creative side of it, you know, creating um, special events and, and things for our students. So, yeah, I don't teach anymore. No. I'm a cover. I'll do yeah. that. But that's it. And I love yeah. that. I actually love that. It takes so much pressure off. And it means that the wheels can keep churning whether I'm there or not, which I absolutely, absolutely. love. Yeah. And I mean, so I do teach. I, I will put that. I yeah. am, but, uh, look, only five hours a week. Yeah. And so that comes back to the choice thing, right? It comes back so, to the choice. You've yeah. got it. And that's what I was going to say. We need to be doing things that light us up. Mm -hmm. Life's too short otherwise. And, um, you know, we need to look at what our strengths are as, as people and what we actually really enjoy doing and do more totally. of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And boundaries, like you said, are so important. I mean, uh, I now have, a, I used to always operate from my mobile phone. So my personal phone was my business phone. Yeah. And I changed that over good. 12 months ago. <sighs> and life's good. Life's good. <laughs> oh, good. And a couple of people still have my number. Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, I'll get a couple of messages. Last night, though, I must admit, I haven't had this for a really long time, but I got a message at like 10 p.m from a student, actually, a teenage student. And I responded to their question, but then I said, just so you know, I do not take 
you know, messages yep. from yep. this phone between X time and X time. Yep, you need to email this person and that's how this process works. But she was a bit anxious it. about something, so I, I was going to respond yep. because of that. But And that's your yeah. choice then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. just having, um, yeah, just setting boundaries is so important, especially with dance studio owners or, or anything that's related to programming where you have students, right? Yeah. Because they can really take a lot out of you. Oh, look, and any, yeah, any business, any business, I think, you know, um, I think boundaries, you know, everybody talks about balance all the time. And um, I've just about finished my book on this, (laughs) Um, which was much harder than I thought. But people talk (laughs) about balance all the time. But I I think if you go go further, don't talk about balance, talk about boundaries. Because if you are trying to achieve any kind of work-life balance and you don't have boundaries in place, you are setting yourself up um, for a really bumpy ride. So reverse engineer that, put your boundaries in place first and you'll find that things are automatically a little bit more balanced um, and and life's good again, you know. And and it, it just, it changes all the time, you know, perhaps what, used to not bother you in the past might start to bother you now and so boundaries are flexible you can change them yeah um, as the needs of your family grow and evolve um you know when your your children are little and at home you don't want to be constantly on the phone perhaps for me now I've got more flexibility all my children are at school I could make that choice I don't like the phone so (laughs) I haven't changed that boundary but you know I, I I can again like I really want to empower anyone who's listening as any kind of business owner that we get to call the shots on this. And I think sometimes we get stuck. We think we can't and we can. We can make our own rules. We can put in our own boundaries. We can. um, We have the power to change and make this work for us. And that's why I get really kind of sad when people are like, oh, you know, this this is all so hard. I'm like, change it. Yeah. Now, um, you know, we talked a little bit about you being comfortable with being vulnerable, with showing yeah. your true self in public. I mean, what's what sort of leader are you? What's your leadership style? Um, I I would say if I had to choose a style that I'm a servant leader, I always like to show the way. You know, uh, be there to serve my people. Mm. Um, that that's my job as a leader. But I. I don't know whether I would say I have a, a certain style as opposed to just really showing up as myself mm-hmm. and being someone who honours their strengths, you know. So I will always be talking to my people about their strengths and saying, you know, I, to get the best from you, let's have a look at actually who you are. So I'm very much the same kind of leader as I am teacher, as I am parent, and as I am, I'd like to think, as human, you know, I'm holistic. Yeah. I'm interested in the, the person. People always come first to me. Mm. And I think if you get that right, you're always going to get the best out of everyone. But not only that, you're going to get the best for them. It's not about me, really. Um, you know, as a leader, what I'm trying to do is create an opportunity for my teachers and my staff and faculty to get the most out of it for them. Mm. Same for my my students. It's actually about them as a, a whole person 
And of course, for my kids. So I've always felt like those three things are pretty well the same. Obviously, the language is different. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to address them all in the same way. But the outcome is the same. And that is to tap into the unique and wonderful special person that each and everybody is and um, be a support to them, but not particularly tell them what to do, but certainly guide them in the right direction and maybe re-guide them a couple of times as well. In saying that, Jo, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tough. So <laughs> I do have a little bit of um, uh, a reputation as being the smiling oh. assassin. Wow. And okay. Yes. I wouldn't have thought that. Oh uh, yes. So I am. I am sweet, <laughs> <laughs> but I have very high expectations of myself, and mm. I have very high expectations of others. Um. But I don't. I'm not backwards in coming forwards about that. I will always let people know. You know, I have. It's important to me that people have clarity around that. So there is no grey areas in my leadership. It's very black and white. People know what is expected of them and they know how well they're doing. And, again, that is the same in my classes as a teacher. My my students know what's expected of them and they know whether they are um, reaching those expectations and the same with my faculty. Um, And I think that is kind, actually. I really feel like that's the way to go because there's no surprises then. Mm. Um, So, yes, I I do look very sweet but I don't. Um, I'm not shy of conflict. I don't love it, but I will have it. <laughs> I will yeah. have it with you. If, what, do you if... what do you think makes a great leader? What What is it, that, that secret sauce to being, you know, a really good, strong leader where people actually will, you know, be influenced by you? Look, I think you have to be courageous. Leadership is the hardest role I I do because we're dealing with humans. And there's no one size fits all. You know, we have systems in my my businesses for absolutely everything. And it's a copy and paste. You know, quite often a system I use in my student teacher education program can be copied and pasted into my studio with a few words changed. But humans aren't like that. You can have the, the basis of a system, but you have to be able to be flexible enough to change the way you relate to different people. And that's what's hard about leadership. That's what's hard about being a teacher. It's what's hard about being a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you've got a couple of children too, and I'm betting that although they're both, you know, gorgeous, that they're different. Yes. And well, <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah. same with my my three. Uh, you can definitely tell they're Gretches. They're very much related. But their personalities are really, really different. So the way I parent them, although there is some consistency there, you know, my expectations of them are very, very similar at different, you know, their different stages and ages. Uh, I have to be able to flex with their personality. And that's, that's for me, is why leadership can be quite tiring mm. because you just reckon you might have got it right with somebody and then a new human comes along and you're like, oh, well, that worked with you know, the last person in this role, but here I am. So it's this constant learning. Um, And I really do feel like leaders must be humble Mm. because leadership is about others. It's not about um, trying to big note yourself. For me, it's always about others. And I think that humility is, is important if you want people to trust you because otherwise they're going to just think you're a bit of a dickhead. (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's fine. We'll just yeah. have to put this episode as explicit now. Thanks, Sorry. Jane. No, that's fine. Sorry. So it was <laughs> pretty, like, low-level explicit, but, yes, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, look, with so many, you know, balls in the air, obviously, um, what do you think your biggest challenge is? Ooh, um, my biggest challenge that's a very good question. I let me think about it so I don't just give you a stock answer. Um, probably just well, I've got a couple, but my biggest yeah. one is is probably just showing up all the time. Yeah, you know, like is this valuable? Um, I don't want to say imposter syndrome because I don't think it's that. I think it's just a healthy dose of self-criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I don't, I don't want to say, oh, I doubt myself and this, because some days I do, um, but I, I don't feel like that's entirely bad, but it is a challenge. It does show up yeah. and it shows up differently at different times of the month. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some days where you feel like you're an absolute rock star I'm sure you know like we all have those days you've got your, yeah. days, your bad days your, your days where you, you have that self-doubt like you said absolutely yeah 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 and so I think on those days the challenge then yeah. is about being compassionate with yourself mm. and just saying that's okay you you don't have to be that rock star today you can question yourself um, obviously, if those days go on too long and it stops you from showing up, well, then that's a problem. Yeah. But it doesn't for me. So what I do is when I things are feeling fantastic and I'm feeling confident, I will rock out so much work. You know, I will just hit it. And so then it's automated for those times that I'm feeling less than amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, so so that probably would be my biggest challenge. And then to be super honest with you, Sometimes my challenge is, and this is very funny because I used to be a workaholic, but sometimes my challenge is to just get motivated. I, I want to do all the things like everybody else, but sometimes I really just also want to read a book or <laughs> just yeah. live, you know, be a bit leisurely. Um, yeah. And so that's always been a bit of a conflict for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Certainly since having this. Yeah. It's my all the things. things. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to do. Yeah, I don't want to do all the things anymore. Yeah. I used yeah. to want to do all the things. Yeah, I'm very much more chilled than I used to be. Um, I used to be like, want to do all the things. I want to do it now, so I'm going to, and I did. Um, and I was very busy, and I again, I wasn't unhappy. But now, you know, if I want to take the day off, I don't have to rearrange everything I don't have to make the world spin the other way I can cross it out in my diary I can get onto my calendly and say unavailable yeah I love (laughs) days happy days yeah yeah, that's interesting I mean I recently sort of um had that same thought where you know I don't have to do all the things and actually I started feeling a little bit guilty during lockdown obviously in Sydney we've been locked down forever and um we've gone virtual with all of our programs and there were days where because I don't teach you see Mm. I felt like I had nothing to do yes like I could I mean there's always stuff to do don't get me wrong 
But there were days where I was like, my team are running all of the programs online. Everything's sorted. I've got an office assistant working from home. She's doing all the things. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I'm not doing anything anymore. <laughs> and that was really hard because I was like, I, I'm in love with that because I've been working all these You've years created to create it. that. And now that it's arrived, I actually had a moment of guilt. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, no, should I be doing something, you know? <laughs> yeah, and maybe that stems from, and I can relate, I can 100% yeah. relate um, from, you know, when we're really passionate about the work that we do, we do put a large amount of our identity into it and I am guilty of that. And so, therefore, when we're not defining ourselves by our productivity or how busy we are or how successful our business is, then what is left and it can be really uncomfortable. We're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's left. Um, yeah. And, it, yeah, it's it's a lot. And I still, you know, have days where I feel a little bit guilty sometimes if I perhaps not being as productive as I know I can be. But then other days I'm, I'm quite compassionate about it. Um, so what and, do you do when you do have those days where you're feeling that, that guilt? What, what oh, do you do to overcome that guilt? Generally have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> beautiful you know like I think that's the thing is um I I I feel like I I never want to have any kind of regret I never want to look back and think oh I regretted you know something and so if I am feeling a little bit guilty I go well what's that about just mm. generally guilt is about not being aligned with your values Sorry, again, it's, I'm not like getting paid for every time I say the word values. Um, and so if I'm feeling guilty, I'm not working hard enough. I go, well, what's that about? Yeah. So questioning what's, it. I like yeah, that. Yeah, what's that about? And, and, and giving yourself grace. Yeah. Give yourself some grace. We're here for a good time, you know, as well as to make an impact. I, yeah. I don't want to undersell myself. Everything I do, I do with intent and I'm really serious about it you know my mission is to educate encourage and empower everyone I serve whether that's my my um my faculty my own students my own offspring all of my dance step partners right I'm serious about it but mm. I also want to have a life I'm serious about that as well and if that means saying log off you know you've, you've got a headache you're not feeling it you don't have any appointments this afternoon log off have a half an hour nap on the couch before going and picking up the kids from school, then do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, you just mentioned actually um, you do do a lot of work with your brand Dance Studio Success. Is that yes. your dance step? Is that the same thing? How does that work? Oh, well, what is that? I, yes. Well, Dance Studio Success was actually created in 2014 as a blog when we blogged. <laughs> We did such a thing as blogging yeah. and I just, I just, li I like to write and so I just started writing and so that's really what that is and it's, I guess, the umbrella company for the kind of work that I do with dance studio owners. Yes. Um, you know, I've, I've got my private clients now so that's under that company. Dance Step is, is actually trademarked as its own company and it stands for Dance Student Teacher Education Programme. Um, you know, so there's there's That's lots of so different clever, by the way. I kind of areas. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit I reckon, I reckon, and this is kind of going back to allowing yourself grace, that I came up with that on the on the beach. You know, um, Brian and I have a, 
a lovely little beach house um, mm. here in South Australia. Yep. And all of my best work is done walking along that beach, either with him or by myself, um, because, you know, it really allows me to rest my, my brain. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure that that acronym was created on the beach at Port Hughes, but certainly the model of that business was created there. I remember it like it was yesterday, walking with Brian and saying, you know, I've had this idea uh, this is what I'm thinking and he's always very like okay um, like you know have can do you have I guess the capacity on that every time I take something on I also give something away it's why I only work you know my studio runs beautifully and I, I go in there from 9 15 to 2 15 on a Friday um, to work with my team you know so it's not like I am back to doing all the things I, I'm not so if I create something and I'm in the process of doing that now with the book and I acknowledge that that's going to take a whole lot of time once it's finished so something else is going to have to go. So this yeah. Dance Step program is about empowering um, you know young people within the studio yes. to become the leaders and, and teachers as well I suppose. Yeah. Do you employ your own Dance Step kids or how yeah, eventually in your studio? Some. Yeah, some uh, I do eventually, and Dance Step is is certainly not like a teacher training program. It is very much in a, like a student teacher, you know, how to be a good student teacher. So mm -hmm. for me, um, I leadership, you know, leading others is is where I really get excited. But my mission has always been to impact young people through dance and I do that in my dance studio but my mission is greater than that and that's yeah. partly why Dance Step exists. So our hashtags are um, growing leaders and empowering students because the sad reality is that in girls confidence peaks at eight years old and that crushed me, you know, and yeah. so we need cheerleaders for our girls and what better place than a dance studio, right? Yeah because we have that really trusting relationship. It's a place, hopefully, where students feel like they can belong. And so over time, they do my program. And if they come through, at the moment, it's got four, four levels and show that they are still interested because it's a little bit of a funnel. You know, everybody wants to be a dance teacher when they're in a dance studio until they find out the reality, perhaps, yeah. and go, oh, I don't know, no, 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 no. I don't want to do all of that. The advantage of having a student teacher program in your studio is that it does give that behind the scenes glimpse into what it's like to be a dance teacher. And um, a lot of the student leaders that I talk to are like, oh, there is much more to this job than perhaps I, I first thought. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and, and not just turning up at 4 p.m. But the big part is that if you do eventually employ students to become teachers and you train and you mentor them, the big advantage with that process is that you have 100% um, the correct cultural fit for your studio. Yeah. And that, you know, when, when people are 100% aligned with your vision and your philosophy and your values, then life is so much easier. But not only is it easier, it's more powerful, mm. isn't it? Because you can really tap in to what's special about your business, about your studio. Yeah. Um, I, I love talking about culture. It really gets me excited because it's almost like, well, it is, it's the personality of your business. And I love 
um, you know, go back to that question about leadership. I love tapping into what's special about each person. Mm. And so, therefore, you get to kind of do that for your business as well because you, you know, there are copycats, right? We've all experienced that. Yeah. People can copy you. That's fine. And they do and they will. And if they haven't, then they will, right? People will copy you and it's super frustrating. But nobody can do you quite like you can do you. Um, And that's the advantage of culture. And so if you can really grow teachers right from the beginning, you know, your students are at your studio because they are already aligned with the way you do things. And that's only ever going to get stronger and better. So there's so many advantages of of growing your own teachers. Mm. That said, you know, I've had I've had teachers come from from other places that have really brought so much uh value as well. Yeah. So I, and that sort of really leads me into that next question, I suppose. I was going to ask you and you speak of culture, what's your secret to finding a great team? I think your team just must believe in your vision and mm. and your values and your philosophy. So, you know, we talked about how I niched um, the studio and yeah. through that, and, and this actually came back right from, from that work I was doing 20 years ago in a corporate setting where I really did learn the value of organisational culture is that you recruit your teachers to fit with the values of your business and not the other way around and go okay well you're you know you're a really good technical jazz teacher or whatever it is and that's what we need but you're not aligned to our culture that's all right we'll we'll deal with that it's not all right it's going to end up in conflict it's going to end up in um you know difficult conversations yes want to avoid and it's just going to be hard work Mm. and so business should be fun um, not always, obviously. Let's let's be real. It's not utopia, but it should be fun and it should be easy. And so, if you do the hard work in recruiting, so you work really hard to make sure that your team is aligned with your vision and your values and your purpose, then the rest is going to be easier. And that, to me, is the secret source of a fantastic team. We won my studio won the best team culture in in. Um, the What's On For Kids Awards this year. And, um, yeah, there was a bit of pressure around that, actually, because everybody was like, oh, you've got that in, in the bag. And I said to Brian, my husband, shit, what if we lose? <laughs> so we were really relieved. But the team the team itself wasn't surprised. They were like, oh, yeah, well, we're an awesome team. Just, yep, good. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah and I've, I've experienced, you know, obviously, Having managed teams for a few years now, I've experienced the toxicity that spreads like wildfire when you haven't got the culture right. Yeah. And um, and I've worked really hard on cultivating a beautiful culture, which we have now, but it does yeah. take intentional work. I don't um, think it just happens. No, 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 no. Everything's yeah. intentional. Anything that's of value is intentional. Um, and, you know, I've made mistakes and I will in the future um, in hiring. The the big thing where I have let myself down or our team has let itself down is when we hire out of desperation. We're just like, yep, you'll do. And it's always a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. 
always. Um, but that's that's how you learn, isn't it? And so now we're like, okay, you know, we'll never, we never hire out of desperation. We try and be a lot more strategic about it. But everything, you know, like I said, intention is is everywhere in our business. There's strategy that um, is behind everything. Nothing is accidental anymore. But that has come through being in 15 years of business and 15 years of trial and error and allowing yourself that grace. Um, you may have heard me talk about flirting, which is fail- failure and learning, so flirting. Um, and we just keep, that's what we do. We just keep flirting and we just try not to make the same mistakes twice. <laughs> have you guys, um, just shifting that conversation, I suppose, have you guys gone into the virtual world with your studio? Is that something you've done? Because obviously it's harder to maintain, I mean, it's possible, but maintaining culture through a yeah. Zoom screen and, and lifting the morale of team. And I know, you know, regardless of location, you have still had your lockdown moments. Did you guys go into the virtual space with your studio and your students? Mm, yeah, we did. We did have some online classes and in a way, that actually strengthened our culture. And what what I found through facing different challenges and times of adversity is that is when your culture shows up or it lets you down. Um, And so use every opportunity to build your culture. And, And even though I guess during that time it was very unsettling, we were all doing things we didn't sign up for, we made sure that we were honouring our culture. You know, we we had um, so many different kind of behind-the-scenes systems in place that showed our teachers that we had their backs, that we were supporting them, that we valued and appreciated them. Um, so in those times of challenge, step up and lead and you'll realise that those are the times that define your team mm-hmm. because when you get through that together, you, you go, oh, my goodness, now we're stronger And even like the production on the weekend, you know, not that it was a particular challenge, but there was hard work involved and some long hours. And we get that as a group, you know, we get through that as a group. And at the end, when you're all standing in a circle going, well done, well, of course, now you're stronger as a team. And the funniest part is, Joe, corporate um, businesses, they, they take their teams off for retreats, you know, team building retreats where they, I don't even know what they do, but I, you know, climb walls and do this, that and the other so that they can strengthen their team. Well, we have that inbuilt, I think. We have that inbuilt if we can take advantage of those opportunities. So I always feel like my team connectivity is much higher after a challenge, after an adversity. But you've got to, again, be intentional about, bringing awareness to that, you know, and and being authentic and vulnerable and saying, hey, guys, this is hard. I know you didn't sign up to be an online teacher, but at the same time, at least it means our businesses could keep going. Mm. Um, But that's not the time to let your your team, you know, float off and, and be an absent leader. That's, and, you know, that's the challenge of leadership. When it's hard and you're tired and you're perhaps doubting yourself, and you might be stepping into fear, that's when your people need you more than ever. And so you have to just go, oh, I'm the leader. Okay, they're looking to me. Yeah. Here we go. Um, that's Absolutely. the challenge of leadership. Now, I noticed um, just in a little change of pace here, I noticed that you recently did a major 
brand shift. It might have been over a year ago or whatever, but you went from the Jane Gretsch Dance, um, mm-hmm. what was it? Grange uh, Centre. Yes. Centre, that's it. Jane Gretsch Dancer, that's yep. it, got it, to dancers. Now, this is a completely new yep. look and feel and branding position, it looks like to me. Um, why did you do that? Like, that, you know, you've, you've had that reputation for so many years and you've completely shifted and removed your name from the brand. I thought that was a really yes. um, interesting move. What was the thought process behind that? Um, I basically was a little bit bored of myself. <laughs> I just thought it's time for Jane Gretsch to go, you know. <laughs> um, no, more. well, there is some truth to that, I, you know. But the, the main thought process behind it was that when I started the business, uh, I didn't, look, I didn't have this 20-year vision for my business. I started it... Um, the same time I had my first baby, it was very much a small studio here in the suburbs of the northeast of Adelaide. Uh, I was quite happy with the name, Jane Gretsch Dance Centre, all good. Um, but over the, the last 15 years, obviously it's morphed, it's grown into a huge thing. We've brought, scaled it back down to a more manageable size. But mostly uh, the name wasn't representative of what was actually happening, and that was that I was not real. I'm not really that involved, apart from being the vision maker. You know, on an organisational level, I'm not in there making all of the the little decisions and things like that. I create the vision and I lead my team and I teach five hours a week. So really, it's not the Jane Gretsch Dance Centre anymore. It needed to honour the work that the rest of my team were doing. Um, and so that's why we we had the rebrand to dance arts. Um, arts being very intentional. I believe dance is an art uh, because it is creative and it is a way to express ourselves. So I, I wanted to show that that's part of my philosophy. Um, and yeah, and the rebrand was was super fun, you know. But definitely the philosophy behind. Um, the studio is still the same. Our tagline was uh, sharing the love of dance and it's now we move your heart, you know, so it's very much um, based from the heart, you know. It's very much about sharing uh, the love that we have for the art form as well as impacting other other people, our students, and, and moving their heart. So the yeah, I mean, from an outsider looking in, it, it, I feel like it's a more modern approach for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And look, businesses need to innovate. Uh, they, you know, all um, businesses should undergo some rebranding, whether it's a, like a complete overhaul like mine or just a tweak. You have to stay um, with the times. You need to change and innovate. And those businesses that don't, that get stuck with, oh, that's the way we've always done it, so that's the way we're always going to do it, will die. Those businesses will die. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a legacy. You know, I don't know whether I'll sell my studio one day. It's likely that I will. Um, but this is a legacy. I want it to remain, you know, whether it's my son running it or somebody else has bought it, I want it to remain uh, long after I'm I'm no longer running. Well, it would be easier to sell as dance arts than Jane Gretsch 
Yeah, abso- yeah, absolutely. And look, a lot of people asked me about that. They were like, oh, we know what you're doing. You're you're selling. And I said, no, I'm not actually. But what I'm what I'm doing is just honoring the fact that things have changed from 15 years ago. You know, when I had Alana, who's now 15, I'm parenting her differently to when she was a newborn. That's what happened. So now I'm running my business in a different way than I I did 15 years ago. And to me, that's really exciting. That's the power of having your own business and creating your own life, isn't it? That's the exciting part. Yeah, that's the exciting part. You're never bored. And when you do get bored, and I have been bored, uh, then you get to change it. You go, oh, well, this is I'm I'm settling into my comfort zone here. Uh, and that's okay for a while, but then I'm like, oh, I'm bored. So let's, you know, ruffle ruffle some feathers. And that's let me tell you, rebranding ruffled some feathers. <laughs> oh yeah. So tell me, who inspires you? Who inspires me? Probably um, well, definitely my oldest daughter. I mean, all my children, because I'm a mum right uh so of course you you just think your children are wonderful um they inspire me to try and be the best me I can be because I know they're watching um and so I do actually always try and be my very best self for them and so through that kind of I know it's a reverse inspiration but that they're very much my inspiration every day I want to show them what's possible particularly my girls I want to show them that you can be a mum, that you can run a really successful business, that you can have time for yourself. I want to show them all of that. Um, And I want to inspire them and through that they inspire me. Um, Other than that, I would probably probably say my mum and dad. I'm very homey really and to me family is everything. Um, My dad... uh, is is an amazing man he's always worked for other people he's he's but very much mission based um businesses and my mom who as you might remember right from the beginning of my story was my first dance teacher um re rebranded herself for want of a better word at 60 retrained to become a pilates practitioner runs her own business um now runs her own very successful pilates studio so how cool is that (laughs) that is so amazing because you know being at that age and actually just going for it and starting something fresh i i admire that absolutely Yeah, absolutely brave and, um, yeah, really, really inspiring. Beyond that, um, let's let's also put in Michelle Obama in there because if we want, you know, if we really want to look high, she she's the, the gold star, right? Okay, what's next for Jane? I ask, this, I ask this to all of my guests. What's next? For me, I, I don't have huge plans. I really am enjoying doing what I'm doing I um I enjoy having the freedom to to choose you know I I want to keep obviously keep my dance studio I want to keep impacting the kids in in my community like that I want to keep doing my leadership work uh dance step is growing from strength to strength so um that, that's where my focus, you know, if I'm honest, that's where I spend most of my time and I'm writing content for that. Beyond that, I really, I don't have huge kind of visions. You're releasing a book. 
Um, yes, I'm. I'm in the process of finally giving birth to that. Um, it's the hard, one of the hardest things I've done, um, because you know when you mentioned challenges before, I was like, mm, how honest should I be? <laughs> yeah. So there's been a lot of kind of self talk about that, you know, about going, oh no, 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 come on, show up as your real self and be honest. And so I have felt very vulnerable about that. And um, you know, I look forward to sharing that um next year when it's due out and hopefully getting my exchange conference back and yeah, just kind of following following the wind a little bit for for a couple of years. Um, you know, I know that sounds very vague, but again, my kids are 15 to my youngest is 10 and so it's very much about being present for them and once I've got them to a little bit older then I can indulge you know in in different whims I'd love to travel to be honest but you know here we are (laughs) so yeah absolutely now um if people want to find out where they can learn more about you where's the best place for you for them to, to be directed, where can they find out about Jane? Yeah. Dancestudiosuccess.com.au is um, that blog that I mentioned before, but otherwise on Instagram at Dance Studio Success or on Facebook, Dance Studio Success with Jane Gretsch. Um, I'd love to connect with them. Both of those channels are very much focused on the Dance Step program, but that's how you get to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would love to connect. Yeah, beautiful. Well, you know what? Thank you so much. I have to say um, it's so funny because I'm really excited to be interviewing you today and, you know, you talk about imposter syndrome. I initially was nervous to even ask you to come on to this no. show. Do you believe it? And now I'm just like, oh, Joe, so silly. No. <laughs> I love to chat and I'm very humbled that you asked yeah. me and, and it's you know, it's lovely to be able to um, have these kind of conversations. We're yeah. so lucky that we can and um, all get to know each other a little bit better and yeah. hopefully support each other in that way. Hey, I love that. I love that so much. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am so excited that you were here and, um, yeah, I can't wait to see more from you and I also will definitely be getting a copy of that book. Make sure you share that with us once <laughs> I'll, I'll be How sharing. How long until it's out? I'll be oversharing. I can't, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> okay. I'm still in the creative process, no problem. All right, thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, Joe. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World and you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.